All right, so we're gonna we're gonna you want we can do a show, right? So we'll do a show. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think we should do a show. Um, I don't know how we're going to pull this off, man. It's, I've just I've never done anything live via satellite with you before. Well, no, I did. Wait a minute. I think I, That's I, not I, true. Okay, the live via. Uh, I'll, uh, um, um, we're just going to do it, and uh, uh, and then we're going to not do it. And then how does that, right? What? Hello? Okay. Yeah. What are you talking about? Nothing. I was out late last night. I just going to do it. Oh, that. 9 o'clock? No, I didn't get home until... 107, according to my youngest son, who I realized that the biggest mistake I ever made was getting one of those, um, uh, uh, like, people tracking apps for the phone, but the only way to oh, do no. it, it's called Life360, right? So my uh, my uh, sister-in-law was like, oh, you should get it because then you can, you know, everybody knows where everybody is all the time, meaning that the, the adults can track the kids. It's like a safety thing, right. GPS, right? Yeah. I didn't realize, though, that when you install it on everybody's phone, they can also track you. Oh, man. So they're constantly tracking me. <laughs> Dad, what are you doing over there? Hey, it's none of your business what I'm doing over there. But see, that's what... It, that's, so now, um, I got. Uh, I was scolded this morning when my child woke up going, got home at 107, what were you doing last night? I'm like, what, what, what is this role reversal thing here? Who cares? <laughs> well... It's pretty late for you. I mean, in his lifetime, when yes. was the last time you stayed out till 107? I know, but the way he did it, though, was like what a parent would have asked <laughs> a teenager. Like, what possibly could you have been doing at such, at such a late hour? Hey, That's not honest, trouble. I, yeah, my mom used to tell me when I, when I was in high school, I had an 11 p.m. curfew. And I would always say, like, I want to stay out later. And she would say, nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. Nothing. And I was always like, that's when everything happens. You have no idea. That's right. That's right. You don't know me. And then as I got older, like, when I, you know, I moved to L.A. And I was like, these bars aren't open 24 hours a day. That's crazy. <laughs> and then slowly I was like, I don't need to be out past 2 in the morning. I don't need to be out past bar clothes. And then I was like, I don't need to be out past 12. And now I'm like, I don't need to be out. I can just stay in. Oh, I know. And that's what so so for me last night, as you know, I'm I you know, I don't go out a lot, almost never. Like I just don't. I don't care. Uh I'm tired and I'm usually You don't care or you don't get invited places. I think it's the uh, don't get invited thing for the most part, but let's just pretend like I do and I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm too cool for this stuff right now, you guys. That's fair. That's um fair. which all of that was a lie now that I've said it out loud, it's pretty clear. So um <laughs> Last night there was it, like the final school event that I'll ever have to ever ever attend. Uh, really? And I was hosting it. Aaron and I, uh, previous oh, guest yeah. Aaron Hayes and I, um, were we're uh, hosting an auction event for the school, and so it was the last time. And I was like, you know, I'll stay out. Natalie's like, I'm going home. I'm done. I'm tapped out. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't ever go out. This would be my life. And I and I, I did, and I just did. I I literally became. It was '80s night, so which already freaked me out, but um, <laughs> it was also kind of like going back to high school because I just found a corner at the bar, even though I stayed, and I didn't move, I didn't work through. It was, like, it was almost like going to a high school dance where I just found a spot and I didn't, uh, and I didn't move. People would come over and talk to me, and I wasn't doing it like, uh, come over, talk to me, I'm so important. I just, no, I no. can't do that kind of stuff. I, I'm not a... I don't work a room. I can work a stage, but I can't work a room. I can't walk around, and I'm definitely not going to dance. So, oh, was um, there people? Dancing? Oh, was '80s night people were dancing? Of course, everyone was reliving their, you know, their 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 high school times. Oh, by the way, wow. yeah. I got a huge. I made one joke, and it got a groan 
from uh, uh, the uh, the parents there. And all I said was, because everyone was dressed up like they're from the 80s, and I said, oh, um, it, welcome to 80s night, or as I like to call it, uh, what all the millennials look like in Highland Park on York Boulevard. And they were like, oh. And then I was like, oh, that's because you guys are millennials. You just got upset because you pretty much didn't have to change your clothes. I get it now. Because it's a costume party over by me. And you got a huge laugh? No, they got upset oh. because I realized I was attacking them. I didn't, I was so detached because I'm, I'm older than all, like all these people, they're the new generation of parents that are coming in. They're millennials that have oh, kids. God. Oh, and God. I didn't realize I was making fun of them. Like they already, they, like when they said it's an 80s night, they were like, cool, I'll just wear my clothes from yesterday. Like they don't, they're already <laughs> dressed like that. And that was my joke. And then I realized I was insulting them. Here I'm thinking everybody's going to agree with me, and I was I, once again way off base. Well, yeah, <laughs> you got to read the room. Got to read the room, and I I misread the room poorly, poorly misread the room. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was it was fine. It was fine to go out. I just you know. I, but I, so you're done, huh? Your kids are that, out of that school. Well, yeah. After this year, yeah, they're done, and and so now, um, you know, I don't have to really engage anymore. As we know, two time PTA president, you know, head auctioneer. Um, you know, a variety of other things, you know, snack shack sure. uh, boss, you know, a lot of things I did there. So, you know, I'm pretty much wrapped out and I lost my voice for the 50th time in three months. Wow. Anyway, that was uh, probably one of the most boring stories to tell on a podcast. So I hope everybody's <laughs> really, really, where are you? <coughs> Excuse me. I am in San Francisco. Oh. Um, I'm actually in San Jose. I'm staying at a friend's, but, uh, I'm you, doing shows with Dan Cummins at the Punchline this weekend. Are you going to go to um, uh, the Winchester House, or have you already been there? No, I've never been there. Probably won't go. Why? Uh, well, we just got, got you know, Nicole flew up. Uh, we're going to visit some of her friends, and I've got shows at night. And you know, if I was doing, it, I had a friend. I have a friend who lives on uh, as a boat in Oakland. So, actually, I have a friend who was he was shot. Uh, he witnessed a carjacking, and the carjacker shot him in the leg and he almost bled out and he had to literally, he fell to the ground. He was in the parking lot of this Marina where his boat is. He fell to the ground, got his phone out, called nine one one was like, Hey, I've been shot. I'm in this parking lot. And like the cop who arrived on the scene first, they basically saved his life. He tied a tourniquet around his leg because it had shattered femur bone and like the artery. And he, there was blood everywhere, I guess. And then, so the tourniquet saved his life, but it wasn't guaranteed that it would save his leg. And when he got to the hospital, he was like, you know, covered in blood. They'd cut all his clothes off. And he asked the doctor, he was like full of fentanyl. They were pumping him full of fentanyl. Uh, and he was like, right before he like went under, under, he asked the doctor, he's like, what do you think about my leg? And the doctor goes 50, 50. And that was the last thing he remembered. And they went out. And when he woke up, he was in the ICU and he kind of peered down, you know, his body and saw two points, like two feet under the blankets, but was still not convinced. So he had to take the blanket off. And as soon as he saw that he had his leg, he was like, oh, that's when I started crying and realizing how lucky I was. <clears throat> it was this, very crazy. When did this happen yesterday? No, no. This happened a couple months ago. Oh. But I just, I just got to see him yesterday. By the way, that is a horrible story, but I do want to just shed light on one thing. 
the fact that he woke up and saw two feet and didn't believe it, like somehow or another at the hospital, they would put a fake leg there to trick him until he had time <coughs> to talk to him about it. That, well, I, that's I all I think. think. It was... No, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like that would do I mean, When you're saying that, I'm like, well, I guess the only <coughs> other thing would be, do, what, do they do that? Do they, they don't want you to wake up and see it if they're not in the room? So they. Well, I think it was more about even if they had saved his leg, how mangled was it? Like, right. of course, he wouldn't be able to see it at that point. Either. Was it going to be functioning? Was it was it just going to be a, a mangled mess? Like he wasn't sure what was going on, and I mean, just the confusion of all of that, I can't even imagine. But but this dude is like such a like insanely positive guy. Why did he get shot? I don't understand. If you're saying he just witnessed it, or he did he say something? Did that no, the he guy was to... like get, getting out of his car. He looked over. He goes like, "What's going on?" And the guy turned around and shot him. Wait, he did. So he like, said something, and then the guy. Shot him. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that. I don't have that fact. That's just crazy that to me. Like, like that, you're just there, and you get shot for absolutely. He was no a witness. Reason. I mean, the guy. They looked right at each other. The guy shot. The guy's. He got arrested. The guy who shot. Oh, he got caught. Caught. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So that's kind of a that's an, a good thing. But yeah, it was. I mean, this is really intense. You know, I can't even imagine going through something like that. He still has trouble walking. He's got bolts and pins and a metal rod. And, I mean, his leg is not a hundred percent. You know, oh, he's no. got to be. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. You're he, right about the police officer saving his life, though. A lot of people see, a lot of people are like, oh, he got shot in the leg. He'll be fine. It's like, that's like one no. of the worst places to get shot. You can bleed out so quickly. A femoral you, artery. Yeah. I mean, they, they hit like a main artery. And, and literally, if that cop hadn't known what to do, he probably would have died. But that cop definitely saved his life. Yeah. Being first on the scene and handling it the way he did. It's so, insane. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. but I was able to visit him yesterday. So when I'm not doing too much other sightseeing. I've been to San Francisco. I've kind of seen, you know, I like hate Ashbury where the Grateful Dead used to live. That kind of shit, you know. I'll go there every day. But by the way, you, the way I just wanted to point out though, which I thought was amazing, the way you told that story, where it started and where it ended, was such a grandpa story. Because I said. Are you going to the Winchester house? And you said, <laughs> no, probably not. But I, know, but I know this guy who owns a boat in Oakland. I was like, I never asked about a dude who owns a boat in Oakland. And it turned into, and then he got shot. He got car, he saw a witness to carjacking. And then he almost died. He has a leg, but it's got, I was like, all right, grandpa. I don't know how well, we got, now if you want to bring it all back, Winchester no, rifles. You so there. you tied from guns to guns. So maybe that's what no. you did. Maybe it was a trigger to talk about a gun thing. Maybe. I don't know. No. Okay. What what happened was you asked me why I wasn't going to the Winchester house. Yeah. And I was telling you I had other things to do. You spun a web. It was like Avengers Endgame. I didn't know where this was going to go in the end. I didn't know. Did you get to see no it, spoilers, by the way? Dude. No spoilers. You haven't, no, haven't seen, seen it yet? No. I'm not going to spoil it. I, I, I think I told you this before. Like, people are really upset. Like, there's... Been articles written about parents complaining, calling it uh, kids going back to school and talking about it, um, uh, filing complaints about bullying, you know, because they're, you're, they're talking about movies and wrecking it for other kids. Like, this is crazy to me. Well, you know what that is to me? Uh, if a parent thinks that another child spoiling a movie is bullying, that parent is mad at themselves for not being able to take that child to the movie. Does that make sense? I, 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 yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I think the whole thing. Look, I think it's cool that that uh and we may be retreading conversations here that we've had off air but i do think it's cool that there is an event like atmosphere around this because you don't really get that that often anymore and especially with like all the live streaming which i'm not against any of that stuff a lot more viewing at home versus viewing in the movie theaters i do i do love the fact that people are totally stoked about it and i do find it pretty cool 
right? Well, I thought that just you're, like you had this, a good comparison when you said you were with your kid, you were with Tanner, and you saw that he like like erupted in clapping and was like cheering and like excited. Yes, you then realized, oh, this is their Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a memory. That's a, that's a, a good realization. Memory. Yeah, it's a good realization because. A lot of times parents have a, oh, you're an idiot. When I was a kid, movies were movies. You're not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you could dismiss this as this is a, a, literally, this is a giant advertisement for all these companies in one movie. Right. It's a, it's essentially, you could dismiss it, but, but you remember, you know, you're close enough to it that you remember seems like, I remember seeing Star Wars in the movie theater on its re-release and being like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, I remember loving that movie. So that's just what they're going through. And it's, it's, it's exciting that there's something out there for them. Well, yeah. I mean, the only, I think the only difference between, um, previous movies of back in the day versus now is that it, the only part of the event like uh, that's gone is, is the standing in line just to get a ticket. Like you don't have to do that anymore. Right. You just get your tickets <clears throat> right, online right. No and you just go in. No, but, but that was part of like when they show all the photos of, or the video, like the, you know, the, the, the film footage of news footage of like back in the day of how all that stuff went down, you'd see these long, massive lines and people doing all this stuff that you pretty much only see at Disneyland now. Right. Um, or at, you know, out in front of Best Buy on black Friday or whatever. You know what I mean? Like now people don't, yeah. You don't get that part of it, but the, the the actual experience of everybody, this shared experience that I find pretty unique about it, is that people aren't talking about it. Like there, there, there's like I, I always find it so fascinating that we can get online and argue about politics with someone whose profile picture is a pack of chewing tobacco, but you don't, you you won't you, you will go out into the general population and you will respect everyone if they said hey man just so you know I know you already saw this but if you wouldn't mind saying anything like it's <laughs> we will go that far for people but we will tell them to f off on you know on a social platform like it, instantly if we disagree with them on something else but if it's a movie hey man I get you I I, I get it I won't say anything I won't record for it I find that fascinating <clears throat> well it is fascinating and also kind of shows you the power of movies. You know what I mean? Like, people have more respect for that kind of shit than they do each other's political beliefs. Yeah. I, well, so, yeah. Fair enough. Know, it's interesting. I, I, I just think, uh, I, I just, I, you know, it's it's neat. I'm not like again. I'm like I'm with you. I'm not like a super comic book guy. I I didn't I didn't even know Iron Man and Thor were superheroes until those movies came out. <laughs> you just you thought know? they were I, two wrestlers. Well, no, I didn't. Thor, as far as I knew, was a, he was a god, but also he was. Remember that there was like a weird metal band back in the day. I am uh, called Thor. It was no. like a, he was like a weightlifter. He was like the singer of like a Swedish metal band. There was a documentary called I Am Thor about this guy, <clears throat> but he would bend. He would bend like steel things on stage while he was singing. I don't know. I, I remember that guy. And I was like, and then I remember Vincent D'Onofrio in Better uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Who kind of looked like Thor, <laughs> <clears throat> you know? But I didn't. Re- I wasn't. I wasn't putting that together. Like, oh, Thor is a comic book that we should all read. Like, I didn't think anything like that. So, but but I think they've done a really good job with the movies they've made. Thor. Those two Thor movies are the two of the funniest superhero movies I've ever seen. You know, meaning in in a, in a, in a positive way. Meaning they put humor in there and the humor worked. 
not, oh, this is terrible and it's hilarious. It's good and funny. No, I think that Marvel overall has done a really good job of making quality popcorn <laughs> movies. Yeah. yeah. Where a lot of big popcorn movies, the, the, the plots are very thin. The characters Dude. are very thin. And, and again... <clears throat> You know, going in, you're not expecting a lot, but sometimes you're just like, you could have put a little bit more and a little more Dude, thought I, into this instead of making it yeah. so cookie cutter. And again, still watch it, but that doesn't mean I'll leave going, yeah, cool. I would just be like, all right, I'm done with that one. Never talking about that movie again. What were yeah. to where Marvel, you're like, good job, guys. Good job. Yes. I feel like you're right. I see a lot of these like big blockbuster things. And when I, whenever I'm writing something, like if I'm writing a script or I'm writing a, a scene or a sketch or something, like, I always think, like, well, this is a cop-out. What am I doing? I have to make this better than that. And then you'll go see, like, if you need an out to something, and you're just like, oh, and then the guy with laser, I like, they just make stuff up at the end. It's very similar. Did you ever watch Super Friends as a kid? Of course. Right. Okay, so Saturday morning, Super Friends, 7 a.m., mm-hmm. Hall of Justice, Legion of Doom, the whole thing, right? Meanwhile. Right? Every, yeah, every episode, they would get, Super Friends would be like trapped somewhere or caught or imprisoned <laughs> or whatever, right? It was always like, oh my God, are they going to make it out? And then out of nowhere, there would be like, oh yeah, <clears throat> I used my laser eye thing to go fight that thing. And then that's how we're getting out now. And they would just explain it away in two seconds <clears throat> with a gibberish explanation. And you'd be like, oh, I guess it's, it's very, it's like how Sons of Anarchy became. Sons of Anarchy, there'd be like they'd have this whole thing, like okay, we're gonna do this plan, and then the plan would go sideways. But in the end, it all worked out because somebody made a different plan, and you didn't know about that plan until after. So you're like, what? You're just making up another plan now that you said was in place, and it's very frustrating. It was very frustrating because <laughs> I felt like I was watching a Super Friends cartoon that just they were like, kids are dumb. It doesn't matter. Just end it. <laughs> they get away. It's like, okay. Well, but also re- remember who the audience was for Super Friends. Exactly. It, it was me and you. On a Saturday it was me yeah. and you. Yeah. 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 That's true. And I was just like, cool. The Wonder Twins, are they ever going to get a movie? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, they should. They should. Except that when you go back and look at them, you're like, really? That guy can only turn into water? And the other dude can only turn into like big animals? They couldn't do anything else? <laughs> so weird. Well, you know, listen, I mean, you know. As 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 one started one of the first actually the first movie I ever made I made a of a, a short film called Super Precinct. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Heck, oh my god, it seems so long ago now. I didn't realize I've been on here almost twenty years, but um, you've been on here longer than that, right? Or no? I've been out here since well since ninety nine. Yeah, so yeah, twenty years. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I ever made was Super Precinct. The concept behind it was um, yeah, this is this is pre when I first just you know how long ago, this was pre YouTube. I had, there was oh only God. like uh, there was a couple um, film sites where you could upload to, and people were watching it. It was right on the cusp of be, right before YouTube became right. existing. There's a reason that YouTube became, blew up. You yeah, know what I mean? it's because people were on the verge of wanting that. Yeah, well, there was still there was viral stuff, and viral stuff was out there, but you needed a like it was I it was, I made mine specifically for this website called iFilm.net. I don't even know if it still exists, but. Um, <laughs> But the concept behind it was that uh, what happens when um, there is no more um, crime to fight, superhero crime to fight, 
and they've got nothing else to do. They have to go, um, and, and basically, they have to play by the rules. They have to do everything legally now. So now they have to actually work for a police station and follow their protocols for everything they do. So I right. got all ton of my comedian friend actors and stuff like that um, to help out. Satchoff was in it. Keen's in it. Um, uh, Tom Segura's in it. There's a bunch of people. If you see it, you'll recognize a boatload of people. Everybody, in yeah. And well, it's, been, it's, a, it's a funny concept. Like, uh, they have to, like, it becomes like Barney Miller with superheroes. Right. Yeah, I think that's funny. It, I, I totally forgot why I even brought this up, but the point was that I... Oh, the Wonder Twins. So there was a point yeah. where uh, I the, 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 the through line of the film was that this new captain gets the job and he doesn't know how to communicate and manage, obviously, superheroes who are at odds with regular police officers. And he has one scene where... Uh, um, he has to reprimand the Wonder Twins because they captured a um, they captured a purse thief, but um, they never got out of their their characters, which was a block of ice and a cat. And so the guy just kind of got up and walked away with the purse. And so he's like, hey, he goes, I'm gonna have to. Let, he basically fires the Wonder Twins, but he goes, hey, listen, if the world ever needs a purple gorilla or a big tidal wave, I mean, who else am I gonna call? Who else am I going to call? Was he talking to a block of ice and a cat? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. The ice is melting, the cat just walks yes. off. <laughs> well, the, I, the cat, just because, as you know, I'm a huge cat guy, so I, I know the ins and outs of everything about cats. So the way I had it was I never had the cat look at anybody. It was always uh, an arrogant cat that was that was sitting away from you and not making eye contact and ignoring you, basically. Fine. So That's fine. Yeah. So super basic. You could find it on YouTube. It exists. I was gonna say, yeah, you should, you should be, we should be reposting this stuff on our, on our, uh, our fan page or whatever. Yeah, I had a blast. I had a blast being. Mike Black is in it. Uh, Matt Fultron. I'm just telling you, it's it's hilarious. You'll see so many people that you're familiar with in that thing. My God, so long ago. So young too. Puppies. Everybody was puppies <laughs> in that thing, dude. That's hilarious. And that, you just named like every, we've had every one of those people on the podcast. I know that. Well, I was trying to think of who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so I'll, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, you got some awards. What were the, uh, I saw that you posted and I reposted the um, the stuff from someone you should know. Oh, what yeah. Was the, what were those awards? Uh, I won uh, Best uh, Comedy Short at uh, Blackbird uh, Film Festival in uh, in New York. And the nice thing about that one for the, I mean, most people, you know, I mean, I mean for, unless you're a part of the f- festival, sir, you're not going to know these right. places. But this one right. specifically, the reason why we were so excited about being a part of this is because it's one of the most selective film festivals in the United States. Really? And it's, yeah. So it's very, the last couple that we were a part of and that we've won awards in are like the, the next generation of like, you want to get into these types of film festivals. I mean, there's a gazillion film festivals. There are. That's the thing that people have to realize is there's so many and there's entrance fees and there's all kinds of politics involved in some of them. Yeah. And look, overall, I think it's great because for, especially like if you look at like a short film like this, you're not, you're not going to get distribution for this and that's not what we made it for. So the odds of people seeing it, you know, unless you, unless you, get it out to a lot of these film festivals in all of these markets all over the United States that are not big cities. You know, they're not Chicago, it's not New York, and it's not Los Angeles. You start exposing yourself to these other things where other people get to see your work. That part of it is cool, yes. I mean, some of them are better than others, but this one specifically um, has a very high standard for 
uh, how many get in. You know, and sometimes you'll you know you'll se- you'll submit to a film festival and you're like, oh my god, we got it, and then you realize, oh my god, everybody uh, got in, everybody and then you're like, okay, so yeah, yeah, it turns out I'm not so special after all, and it's that's but again, from an exposure standpoint, that's great. Um, yeah. But this one's very was very very selective. So the fact that we won the award uh, was amazing. We were, we were really excited about it. I mean, it's it's, awesome. it's been it's been a great run. I mean, and and I mean, who knows where it's all going to land? But I've, I, I'm I'm proud of the project. It was it was it was very well done with with myself and Peter and Sally and all the actors that were you know in it. It was it was a fun little ride. And it's you know it's kind of starting to come to an end. We're looking at doing other stuff right now. I mean, you do about a year of a festival circuit before you kind of got to move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. Um, I've done. I've been in some independent movies where they're like, yeah, we're, we're in this festival. And it's like, what? That movie was made like 10 years ago. Why are we in a film festival <laughs> at this point? But have you guys thought about um, uploading? I don't know if it's uploading, but like putting it on Amazon, Amazon Prime. I mean, I think eventually it will ultimately get there. And that's what a lot of people are doing now so that you can Yeah, you find can load it yourself, I yeah. think. And then you can make a deal with them like it's a 60-40 Correct. click or something like that. But but um but yeah, that's the thing because there's tons of shorts on there that I, you know, I, every once in a while I'm like, oh, what's this? And I'll watch it. It's like 15 minutes long, so it doesn't take a lot of your time. And 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 you will usually see people you recognize and you know writers and things that you rec- names you recognize. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely love the fact that there um there are so many platforms to get your yeah. stuff out there, and I you know just like anything you know. Uh, you know, you like talking about Super Priest, like, oh, go to YouTube, or like you're saying, or like somebody posts, they upload something to, to Amazon, and they're like, oh, you got a Prime account, you can see my movie, just go here, and, you know, yep. here's, you know, just, you know, search for someone you know, and they can call it up, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think you should do that with uh, the Fix, you know? I Well, Fixed is still, that's a, that, because that's a feature film. So that's yeah. that's a completely different deal with distribution. So you go when you still go working through, on that. Well, no, when you go through sales agents, which we did, and when you sign a deal with a distributor, which we did, um, they h- handle all that stuff for X amount of time. And then, you know, I'm, this is still a learning curve for me as far as like yeah. you know, distribution of independent films and how long it actually lasts and how long your deals are with streaming services. I mean, it, what if you're selling it? Or renting on iTunes, it can live there forever, which it does. It's it's already on that. We, I was gonna say, yeah, you have it up. You can buy it and rent it. Um, yeah, we, iTunes, right? Yeah. yeah, and we and this is this is go, this actually goes for. You'd be surprised how many actual um, uh, uh, major studio movies you cannot find on um, uh, to get on certain pl- uh, platforms because sometimes you have to wait a long time because you need to make your money back. Yeah. So you, if you give it to, if you do a deal with a streaming service like a Netflix or an Amazon or a Hulu, you're you're basically you're not going to get your money back at that point. You're because you're gonna you're, whatever you're gonna do, you're most likely selling it for less than you made it for. So that's yeah. why people hold off so yeah, long it's, it's, before it's it goes to finan- streaming. I think that's important for people to understand too that it's, it's all financial. It's all about money in that in that case. Like when when something when you go to Netflix or Hulu or wherever and there's a movie on there you want to see and then like the sequel isn't on there you're like well why don't that came out like a year later this is you know 10 years ago why isn't it on here because that movie either didn't make its money back or it's like still trying to do something with it you know it's just a it's a weird kind of a weird world yeah and i wonder you know moving forward i mean it, it, it it's there there's 
I'm st- I'm on the fence with this whole like you can make your own movie, you can put it up on Vimeo or you can put it up on YouTube and you can just make all the money yourself directly like without having a deal like literally just create a subscriber service. I'm not yeah. against that stuff. It's just really hard for me to grasp the idea yeah. of of having and having it all just go straight through your website you know what i mean it's like it's like you're basically your own movie theater your own television station and it it sounds cool when you say it out loud but it also part of me is like "Ah, that's not what i grew up on so i you know you kind of want to when you get into this business there's for me there's two things that you know i i still would love to see which is you know you and and you know because we both have worked in television and I've I've made a film. You've been in films. There's something exciting about seeing your name on the screen, or seeing oh, yeah. your name on television on a network where it's like oh, you know yeah. you, you want that you want that that part of that experience that that if you just you know distribute directly to people, which is fine, you make more money that way. But you lose that for me that part of it, which which is you know I, you know it, it sounds selfish, but I like that part. I think it's cool. No, I think but that's also we are we are. Um... You know, I don't want to call us old school, but like we, like you said, that's we grew up on that. Like you saw people's credits and names, and it was important and neat and cool. And then the first time you see your name, you're like, oh shit, there I am. Like I think the first time my name was on TV was Temptation Island two, and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, and it went by so fast that but I but it was like, there. Videotape it and then pause the videotape and then look at it and then. <laughs> Take a picture with a camera, mail the photo to my mom. <laughs> but it's cool. I'm telling yeah. you, it's cool. Yeah. No, like, by the I way, I'm not gonna. I, this will not wreck Avengers, but I just want to let you know. And I have not, I have not uh, uh, contacted him about this. That I keep forgetting. But because um, I, he hasn't said anything. I don't think he has. But uh, uh, Cordry. So in in Avengers, there is a hot tub time machine reference, which is hilarious. And I, and, I, and oh when it came God. up, I was like. Oh, dude is got his his movie has been referenced in probably like an epic at an epic level, which I know Hot Tub Time Machine in its own respect is um uh it it's 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 got its own following, right? Like it's it it is you know, for a lot of people, it's in a lot of people's top ten comedies. So he's those movies are great. So anyway, I just so they, they they when I heard the reference, I was just like, oh cool, that's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, the, his the thing that they made is now part of a, a bigger lexicon. Yes, ever. his pop yeah. culture was a pop culture reference in a pop culture, a huge pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I stand by uh, Godfather Two, Terminator Two, Hot Tub Time Machine Two are the three probably the three greatest. Superman Two probably the three four greatest sequels of all time. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking. Like Tot Tub Time Machine Two is so funny. It's you, you if you didn't have the first one, you'd you could still watch the second one. It's it's so funny, dude. It's I love that movie. I know Cordry thinks you're crazy for saying that, but I don't care. I don't care. I I I, I, I mean he appreciated it as as you know when you told him that, but I think I think he was kinda like, Okay, so were you comparing Tot Tub Time Machine Two? Uh, in your own personal catalog with uh, Godfather 2. Okay, well, I mean, he'll take it. He's going to take it. <laughs> look, but Look, I know it sounds insane, and when you're part of something like that, I'm sure they were all goofing around on set, and they, you know, it's just <laughs> a giant fart joke at the end of it all. So it's like when Will Ferrell, like the outtake of him in Anchorman, when he's trying to tell Christina Applegate that San Diego means whale's vagina. Yeah. <laughs> and and, she, and they, he just starts laughing. He goes, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, 
he's it's not lost on him how dumb that shit is. But, but that's also, the beauty of it. That's sometimes it's so funny. It's so funny. Sometimes God. the funniest thing is when you realize something is so stupid. That's what makes it. That's the funniest part about it. Is it's so dumb. Yeah, and, and even and also. Go ahead. Oh sorry. god. Nope. I was gonna say if you look at almost every movie, they're all dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. like there's, there's there's stupid, unbelievable shit in everything. So it's like you're like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. Well, I mean, it's just like it's like Rob Schneider. You know, I can't remember what Adam Sandler movie it was in where he goes, "You can do it." Like I hear people quote that all the time. Waterboy. And, and it's but the, you know what I mean. But like it's not yeah. even. He's not even in it for more than three but, minutes. And 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 like that's it. And Pete, for whatever reason, that quote people quote that all the time. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. it's literally the, it's the, besides the copy machine guy. It's the most famous thing Rob Schneider's done. <laughs> but uh, oh, by the way, um, at the auction last night, so Aaron is friends with Henry Winkler, and Henry Winkler. Oh my God! Henry Winkler donated a lunch with him. He'll pay for the lunch, and you go right as what? an auction item. So I we were as part of the live auction. I so badly wanted it, but it got, it was, it, the bidding got out of control. And I was like, at some point, what did it go for? A thousand bucks. I, I couldn't, I couldn't go. I couldn't do that. I mean, I know it's for the school and everything, but if I had a thousand dollars though, I would, I would use it to take Henry Winkler out to lunch. Do you know what no, I mean? He's like, taking would, you out to lunch. I, you I get, get to go. It, but like, I get it, but I would, I would love to go to lunch with Henry. Winkler. <laughs> that guy, I, I don't, I can't, like off the top of my head, can't think of a guy with a more uh, honest career. Meaning, like everything he's done, he's put everything he had into and been really good at it. And just like he, he, you know, he dropped off for a while. He wasn't working all the time after Happy Days, but he stayed involved. And he like, and his sense of humor, it's got to be. I mean, just in order for Aaron and Rob and those guys to put him on Children's Hospital. There's got to be something there with that guy where he's hilarious, as warm as he comes off on in interviews and on Twitter and on you know whenever you see him in public, and and just hilarious. You know, I mean, I I, I, I love Henry Winkler, dude. I, it goes back to Happy Days um, for sure. Like I when I was going through chemo, I would come home from uh, from either work or in the afternoon they had this block of like. Three Happy Days episodes, uh, uh, Designing Women block, and then Doogie Howser. And I watched <laughs> those shows nonstop for like four or five months while I was going through chemo. And literally, I mean, that and I'll say weed helped a lot, a lot. It was really, that was some funny. Happy Days is one of the greatest shows ever. Oh, absolutely, man. And I mean, yeah. look, and, and that's the thing is, like you said, you know, the thing about Henry Winkler is like, you know, if, 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 I believe he also uh, directed and was in Night Shift, right? Which was a great movie. Yeah. Um, he directed. He was in, he had a smaller with Michael Keaton, right? Michael Keaton. Yeah. I have not seen that movie in so long. I forget all about it. Yep. But that was that. So that's because that was when I was like, oh, wait, he does other. Th that's when you're like. Yeah. He's, he's not just Fonzie. Yeah. Exactly. Well, when you're a kid, you, that's, you just assume, right? Like, like that was. like a teacher out of school. Yeah. You're like, wait, you don't live <laughs> at the school? What are you yes. doing? Like, yeah. You're not just always Fonzie? That's that. Yeah. And also, as we got older, I mean, it didn't take me long to figure out that Fonzie never hit anybody. You never saw Fonzie do anything violent. Yes. He just snapped his fingers 
banged a jukebox. People were terrified of him, but like he never did. He was essentially like a flamboyant guy dressed up in a Grease 2 musical. You're like, all right. (laughs) But everyone was like, ooh, Fonzie's here. And he always got the ladies. Like, literally, I mean, it was so effeminate. (laughs) It's just bizarre. Uh, Henry Winkler, he's awesome, dude. And that was what Erin was talking about, too. She's like, guys, I just want you to know whoever gets this, you're getting a treat because he. And, and I could see this. And she was explaining. She's like, when you go out to lunch with him, he is going to ask you everything about your life. And he is going to care about everything that you have to say to him. He will answer all and any all questions. If you have follow-up stuff after the, after the lunch, I guarantee you he will be emailing with you to yeah. continue the she's like, you have no idea how nice this man is. But that but I think the first thing she said, whereas he's gonna ask you about yourself and he's gonna actually care, that that is a that is a distinct difference between some actors uh, and people in the entertainment industry and other people in the entertainment industry. There are I have friends that are like this that um, you ask them a couple of questions and you get a half hour to forty five minutes about them, and there is no follow up with about you you know what i mean like that that's just like and i'm not i'm not saying bad good i'm not placing judgment on i'm just saying that's how some people are they're very focused on what they're doing they're kind of um in their own world and that's fine you know as long as they're not uh you know hurting other people that's fine but like there are then there are people like henry winkler and and i guess i heard this about chris farley Uh, i had two friends that kind of ran into him on the street in madison one night and I was like, oh, my God, what was that like? And they were like, dude, he was more excited to meet us than we were to meet him. And we were real excited to meet him. Like, he just, like, started asking a question. It was like, and, I, and that might have been just in passing because they didn't spend a lot of time with him or anything. But, like, just a gen- it seemed very genuine to them, you know. And with guys like Henry Winkler, they do. They'll ask you. They care. They're, because, because first and foremost, Henry Winkler is a human being. Yep. He's not an actor and then a human being. He's a human being who cares about other human beings. And it's a, and in today's society, that's a rare quality in just a regular random person. Now you add years, decades, you know, half centuries of being in the entertainment industry. And he could easily be some warped weirdo who got mad when you caught, when you said, Hey, to right. him, you know what I mean? Like he could have railed against the Fonzie character. He could have never accepted it. He could have been angry, but that's just not who that guy is. No, he, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a beautiful soul. That Henry Winkler, you know, like we got to, you know, we should, we should, uh, uh, and, and speaking of that, because he's on Barry, which I really like that show. on Barry, HBO. if you're not watching Barry, get fucking on it. That show is amazing. <laughs> And yeah, the guy who plays NoHo Hank, that guy should win an Emmy. The, yeah, I mean, I you have it's one of those shows, and 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 uh, and I mean this in the nicest way because this is the same way uh, uh, the original Office with Ricky Gervais was pitched to me. I get it. You're gonna start watching it, and you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I don't know." Get you stay with it. Yeah, stay with it because it it you will you'll end up loving it because at first you're kind of like eh, all right i i see this but i'm not really i, I don't know where this is going and then but i mean after a couple episodes you're just yeah i was so as you walked into the improv yeah, class gotta watch like, barry but what? We'll, so, <laughs> yeah. so uh willis turner another former he works on barry now that's what he's oh. yeah 
What's he uh, doing? He's on. He's in the locations department. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So he's he's uh, told me a couple stories about hanging out on set and stuff like that because he's he's our primarily a set sitter, so he's there. Some oh, locations, uh, people, as you know, they're always out getting locations. They're, and then there's right. the other guys, which are the actual set sitters and locations. So they're actually there during the preps Answer and the shoots questions. and the strikes. Yeah, they're just they're kind of their coordinator on site to make sure that there's no location issues and stuff like that. So he's he's working on that. By the way, a couple other things since we talked about Aaron. So she and Rob did did a spinoff of Children's sure, Hospital possible. called Medical Police. And uh, that's not be, out yet, it, right? No, it would be on Netflix. Okay. I don't know when it's coming out. They just finished shooting. Like, they actually went and were shooting in, I want to say Prague? I can't remember. Jesus, really? I think so, yeah. they did. That's they, hilarious. They did I 10, mean, they both. They, oh, go ahead. No, that was that. I think they, they did like a week or 10 days over in Prague or something like that. Dude, first of all, Prague, God, it's one of my favorite places. It's like. It's 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 so bizarrely cool. Because so you oh, that's right. You went there. I forgot about that. I've been there twice now. Yeah, uh, I went there after college. Me and some friends were in Europe when that whole Germany story happened. Mm-hmm. Um, after Oktoberfest, we ended up in Prague, staying at uh, some like we rented an apartment for dirt cheap, and like huge beers were like seventy American cents or thirty American cents or something, and then we ate all this like really good sausage and stuff. But. <clears throat> um, they laid like Prague, all those people that were living there in world war two, they laid, they, I don't want to say laid down, but they didn't, um, uh, resist the Nazis. So the Nazis just kind of rolled through town without destroying anything. So everything is still up as it was since before the forties, you know, mm-hmm. it's like walking, it's like walking around a museum, but you're outside and it's free and it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's an amazing place. I, I, it's so crazy. I did a commercial there in uh 2007 or 8 and uh it was for a nicotine spray it's online you can see it but um when i years later when i'm I'm gearing up to put out a new cd right now and i was looking for cover art and i found this guy who drew these posters and his name was copenhagen posters or something online wait that was his name he made posters and his name was actually copenhagen posters that's the handle it's like copenhagen posters whatever so I thanks for I fo- like, following me on that uh, as if that would be yeah. his real name. What's I your name? You. My name is Copenhagen you. Posters. No, it's not. Hey, you never know. That's a great name. <laughs> What's his name though? Anyway, it is a great name. Bob <laughs> Posters is even just the name. The last name Posters. posters. Is funny. <laughs> um, we should put that in something. Um, but but so I contact this guy in like 2016, and I say, hey. I'm gearing up to try to put together an album and I want to get some cover art. I like your drawings. I'm wondering if I could contract you to make my cover art. And he came back with, Hey John, I know you. (laughs) And I'm like, he's like based in Denmark. I'm like, what? He's like, we've worked together. I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, we did a commercial for Zonic, this nicotine spray uh, years ago. I was like, Oh my God, he was, a producer on that commercial. We had dinner together and everything. And he's also an artist. So that guy drew my cover art and mailed me a, a or emailed me a, the, the, the clips of it. It's, I mean, no, I've seen it. It's, it's really it. cool. It's a, it's yeah. a really great art too. It's not just, he I mean, made, I mean, to be honest with you and not just cause I know you, but it's like, I mean, and I'm sure you would agree with this. It's, it's, it's artwork too. It's not just a caricature of you. It's actually, oh, I mean, no. it's really cool yeah. art. I told him kind of what I wanted and he came back with that drawing and nothing 
he showed me a black and white of it and I go, dude, that's it. You did it. That's exactly like, that's better than what I thought. You know what I mean? Like he did it. It was so great. Cause I thought we were going to do a back and forth of like, can you change this? Can you do that? But I saw that and I was like, Nope, that's it. I want that. And he gave it to me in two colors. And I post, I've posted the one color before, but the other one is going to be saved for the actual album, which I think I have now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it to a mixer soon. Oh, can I tell you an interesting story. More interesting than Prague by. Oh no, sorry. We were talking about Aaron Hayes going no, to Prague. No, 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 that that no, was I it. Wanna... And she was also, and she just just to get to finish that up, and then yes, we'll go to your story. I just want to. She's also on another Netflix show uh, called uh, I think it's called Huge in France or Big in France. Oh, she's it's in actually that. Okay. it's actually yeah. She plays the uh, ex-wife of the of the main character who's who is is legitimately I guess a huge in real life is a huge uh, a comedian in France, and, but it's about him moving to uh, Los Angeles and no one caring. Oh, wow. Is, oh, and, and then how you can start over pretty much? Pretty Well, what basically being like, I'm huge, I'm big, and they're like, you know, I don't know who you are, so moving on, like, yeah. kind of thing. You know, basically facing daily life that you and I already face. <laughs> and he, But in his world, it's considered a tragedy. In our world, it's just considered another day in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, um, but, but, to go back to Aaron and Rob, they were talking, they were both kind of hinting at that show. Yeah, but they couldn't say Children's anything. Hospital, yeah. But they couldn't say anything. So I'm glad that it, it finally, because Children's Hospital was, I mean, God damn, that show was so funny uh, and so bizarre and so random and, and just everything I like in comedy. Um, so I'm glad that they're able to, I hope a lot of those other characters, is Henry Winkler in the spinoff? I don't know. I did not, uh, yeah. I haven't talked that much about it with them. I just, I, I knew yeah. they were doing it, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to guess not. I don't know which people were carried over from children's yeah. hospital. And I, I think only two of the main characters were, but I could be wrong. Maybe there's a little, some guests, some secret guest starring roles. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and um, then real quick, before we get uh, to your other side story, I also, Another previous guest, since we were talking about Star Wars earlier, um, uh, Amanda Ladd-Jones. Uh, I remember we had her yeah. on a long time ago. Yeah. And she was in the process of making that documentary about her dad. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Alan Ladd Jr., uh, who is the only reason why Star Wars exists is because of I'll her father. I'll make space opera. Yeah, I'll exactly. I'll make space opera. Uh, <laughs> I so her, love that story. Her documentary is out. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, Dude, awesome! Yeah, it's out. It's on. It's on all platforms now. It's a great documentary. I, I watched it uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so, her, her, if you want to see the history of her father and how much how much impact he had, um, it it is amazing sometimes when you when you finally learn about some of these behind the scenes people and yeah. what 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 they were. What what they did and 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 some you know I think the word you know groundbreaking and genius and all these are the terms are sometimes overused but there were certain times um, and specifically only talking about film history that there were people that actually did have the pulse of what was going on and were and made what would have been considered over and over and over again very risky decisions and if they hadn't yeah. some of the greatest movies that we ever were exposed to may never have seen the light of day if there wasn't certain people in positions of power and influence that said, yeah, no, this, this, yeah, no, we're doing this. I mean, and sticking to it because so many people get scared. They run yeah. scared and they're afraid to take, they won't chances. take a chance. They won't take a chance. And that's, that's a huge point you're making is that the reason we have movies like apocalypse now and jaws and, you know, just the things that you love, 
those were all movies people were like, eh, I don't know about this. And then somebody was willing to take a chance. And that is a, a big problem today is that a lot of people aren't willing to take any risks because they fear the loss of their job and they fear that they'd never work again. And they, I mean, these are all rational fears. I get it, you know, but like the idea that one guy sat down with George Lucas and not only said, I'll make you space opera, but a couple of years later turned around to Ridley Scott and said, Hey, make uh, this, this hero in the movie alien, make it a woman. Like those are things we wouldn't be talking about alien aliens wouldn't be a franchise if it weren't for Sigourney Weaver and without Alan Ladd going, Hey, make it a woman and Ridley Scott going, Oh, what a good idea. Like that whole, did you change the dynamic of everything? Oh yeah. And or, or green lighting a movie like Thelma and Louise. Like, I mean, in a, in a, in a, yes. like, you know what I mean? Like again, yes. given the, given the time, of that of when that movie was made that you know and 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 women still struggle in film to this day to be lead characters and to be you know quote unquote you know what they say the box office draws so just doing stuff like that or like we want to you know the obviously and i and I, I believe you know you should if you want you should go back and listen to her story uh tell the story because she'll tell them better than you and yeah. i can or watch the film but um you know or or the fact that he he greenlit mel brooks's um uh, uh, young Frankenstein and everybody else balked because he said he wanted to do in black and white. They're like, get out of like, here. Make a black and white movie. We make color movies yeah. now. And he's like, nah, or silent like, movie. Young, like he basically, young, green- Oh dude, silent movie. but he greenlit those. Yeah. Like, I mean, he yeah. basically, and like, you know, Mel Brooks is like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. And he was the guy that was like, okay. And he's like, That's everybody fair. else That's is like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I and mean, he went, Young Frankenstein wouldn't be shit if it was in color. Honestly, the black and white is part of the character of that movie. Correct. Absolutely. Like, that was his point. It was like, no, that's what you know. If you if you thought of Frankenstein, you thought of a black and white character in a black and white movie. So why would you not make the parody? That, right? You know what I mean? Like, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that again, forethought. The fact that this guy <laughs> wanted to make, uh, wanted to work with George Lucas, and when they wouldn't put out American Graffiti at first, it was like, my favorite story is he asked to see the movie, so they had to sneak the reels off the lot. Yes. Because you can't send a link to an edit bay. No. You can't yeah, send, yeah. It was like you had to physically have the movie in your hands. And there weren't like multiple cuts. There weren't multiple reels. It was like that was the movie they made and you're holding it. And then he like, hey, if they won't put this out, I'll make I'll put it out. And they were like, oh, what? No, we'll put it out. And they got scared and they put it out. And that was the beginning of George Lucas's fucking career. It's like, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane that one guy had enough forethought to like, again, take risks, take chances, not be afraid to fail and come out on top with obviously American graffiti, Star Wars, the, just the Star Wars franchise and, and New Hope being one of the best movies of that franchise. You know, episode four, those two first two, uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are the two best movies in that franchise. And it's, uh, look how many movies it spawned, but without those movies, you have nothing. Well, and it's also, and, and never forget also, um, hashtag, that it, uh, um, it, it, it changed uh, movie going forever. It changed the way yeah. people made movies forever. Hey, like, it wasn't hey, just hey, about yeah. that. It wasn't just about Star Wars. It was about what Star Wars. I mean, it had started coming, you know, with Jaws and, and with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but by the time Star Wars hit, it changed. It changed the way we saw how movies could be made. 
well, right. what our Jaws expectations was. Encounters both take place on Earth. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a solid, grounded. We could understand all of that, and then they were like, "Now here's a new universe." Right. And listen, uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey is one of the greatest yeah. films Love ever, it. ever, ever made. But I also understand why some people are like, "I like Star Wars better because two thousand one." was more like it was more heady you know what i mean it was more you know heady was, and yeah. very visual yeah meaning like it's it's a beautifully shot movie like yes. if you're gonna talk cinematography yeah it blows star wars away but like um i agree with you and when but when you see like if you would have showed me 2001 when i was the same age i was when i saw star wars i would have been like what is this well right this, because you didn't it didn't it didn't have first off it didn't have a wookie rest in peace uh Good. you know yeah and, peter mayhew yeah, yeah. That was uh that was that was a sad one, but that that guy, I mean, it's nice when a guy like that, like he passed away, but like Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams, Harrison Ford, like those guys were like this dude was more than like because he did he brought he brought character to that suit, you know what I mean? Like any asshole can put on a suit and a mask, right? But like I do it every me, day <laughs> to make me see you and go, yeah, no, you're a Wookie, you're Han Solo's friend, like. He's he was like the best friend we all wanted as kids. I was like, yeah, this guy's loyal. He's funny, you know. And he takes insults okay. They bust each other's balls. It's like we didn't know what he was saying, but by the reaction of everyone else, we understood. You know, it was like it was such a great character. I yeah. recommend. See, I recommend. Well, I'm going back watching Star Wars and, and focusing on Mayhew, focusing on uh, Chewbacca, and also watch that documentary about the guy who played Darth Vader. Uh, I am your father. Because that is a really eye-opening, interesting look at a guy who no one ever knew, but he played the most one of the most famous villains in all of movie history. It's very interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard, right? Because not, you know, you he all it also wasn't his voice, and so there's all these little. But he again, there. I think you hit, you you hit it on the head that they're they they still they're still actors, and they still through body movements and portrayal are doing. Great work, yeah. And and sometimes I think because you know they're wearing a Wookiee costume, or like you said, or they're Darth Vader, and somebody else is doing the voice, that we dismiss them a little bit and go, yeah. no, no, there's really, you know, you're not and, really and doing anything. Do Any, yeah, no, it's exactly. No big deal. Anybody can do that, and you're like, anyone can't do it. It ta- it does take the talent, and it is. I mean, there's just shit. I see pictures of Peter Mayhew in just the Wookiee outfit without the mask, and you're like, that looks so funny. But then you put the mask on, you're like, oh, it's Chewbacca. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like, <laughs> and, and I think that also stems from how we saw the movies when we were kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we would have seen the first Star Wars now and not having known anything about it, we'd go, eh, yeah, okay, sure. I think the I only, think have you ever seen, by the way, yeah, you're, you're right that not just anybody could do it. Cause like if I was Chewbacca, though, every seed would be an outtake of me going, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I, did, was it, where, where, where was I supposed to be? What was it? Chewbacca, the my bad. Apologizes. My, yeah. It just, that's all he does in the whole movie is just, my, my, oops, ooh, ooh, I'm ooh, sorry. Was that in the way? I'm that sorry. It, I'll stay over here. I didn't mean to knock that over. Cause you, can we just reset that and just, um, but I wonder, I would love and I don't, I don't know if they've ever even allowed this out, and they may not, just because they don't want to destroy the the fantasy of the actual character. But is there any footage of him with the mask on actually talking? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there must be. But you but, know what I'm saying about they may yeah. have never released that because they didn't want. 
you know, I mean, it's like, don't do that. Like, I don't think I've oh. ever seen one of the guy that actually, is there footage of the guy that plays Darth Vader actually talking, like just talking, talking. And there I is, but not in the Darth Vader costume. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah. I wonder yeah. if there's a thing where they're like, don't, because it'll well, wreck the I, it'll, it'll wreck the character. Well, first, I think it's important to remember that when they were making Star Wars, they had no idea what they, the, the force they were creating. They didn't, they didn't know that there was going to be sequels that were going to be any good. Like they were making a movie in a desert and they were all kind of like, what? We're in outer space. Like they, some people couldn't even grasp the concept. And they were just like, Alec Guinness was like, what? I don't want to do this dumb thing. You know what I mean? He's Obi-Wan fucking Kenobi almost said no. So it's like, it's like they, they were still like, people were passing up the role of, like, I think they wanted Tom Selleck, for uh, Han Solo, and he's like, "What? Not nah, on do your space movie." Like it, it was just—they didn't know what they were making, and they got very lucky. And it was lightning in a bottle that blew up and made this amazing franchise. You know what I mean? Yes. But but I'm sure there is footage of like him with the mask on, Lucas directing and saying, "Okay, Peter, I need you to stand here, here, and here," and him going, "Okay, what if I did this? And what if I held it like <laughs> I would this?" Love to you see know that. what I mean? Like. Yeah, I would love, I would love to it, see too. it. I would, but I'm sure there's footage of it. I'm sure. Gotta be. be. That would be awesome. Because the, the direct him, he's got to respond and tell you he understands. I, I will tell you, there are, there are, it, it just, uh, in my own personal history, there are three, three things that, th- this is the thing about working in, in production, that, and especially what I did for a living for so many years um, with respects to um, actual uh, sets, that's the one thing that, always bothered me was the the disposability of the sets especially when they become iconic yeah imagine they just ripped apart probably a lot of the original star wars sets because again you don't know what are you gonna do with it why you see everything most stuff does get staged for a while it gets disassembled and staged for a while just in case especially back then because of film a lot of reshoots potential reshoots so you don't yeah trash it burn a set but eventually you know, a lot of that stuff gets recycled. And I and I remember reading about, like, the Bat Cave from the oh, original yeah. Batman series and yeah. how, the, you know, they, they didn't know. And, I mean, that to me, that's icon- – I'm like, oh, my God, could you imagine if they still had those pieces? Like, that would just be so awesome. Or even for me, in my own personal history, and this will bother me until forever – which is a fact that I had the original Patty's Pub, and I tried to get oh, people to save it, and they just destroyed it. And I was just like, "Why?" But like, do we not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and look, I, you, I mean, for a lot of people, they're like, "Whatever." But look, man, Patty's Pub is is go, it's going to be an iconic pop culture thing. And granted, they do have another one. Yes, they probably have two of them, quite frankly. But well, that's the, not the point. But yeah, the original yeah. one was right there. They could have just staged it, struck it, and staged it somewhere. And it could have become something else at some point, a, a part of television history, because they are. Those guys are going to be, that show is going to be part of television history. It's been it's on for a long time. It's 14th fucking season yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely, and they started that show by winning a MySpace contest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and they've made it le- legitimately so funny. Always yeah. Sunny is such a funny show. All those actors are so good. They, they're, they work great together. I mean, marriages were, you know, they got, people got married on that show, like, it was it was a it's a worthwhile show. It's very yeah. funny, and I I definitely appreciate. It. But I will say, two sided. Like I understand what you're saying about the sets. I feel like it's like a, that Seinfeld where Craner finds the Merv Griffin set in the garbage, right. and like resets it up in his apartment. But it's like that was an iconic 
Merv Griffin was an iconic talk show guy. Like everyone knew who that guy was. And to see his set destroyed, it's like seeing the Price is Right set in the garbage. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I am kind of in the mindset that like you can't just keep hanging on to stuff forever. No, and no, not at all. But but, but like the Patty's Pub one, you, I, it, we at the, at the time, it already had to me. You already knew it had the value. Does that make sense? Well, like, yeah. Uh, some of those like I understand. I also, part of me all, and you know this because, again, you've worked a lot on a lot of sets. Sometimes it devastates me because there's great craftsmanship that goes into some of these sets. Like, yeah. unbelievable craftsmanship. I mean, like, you know, I got, I had, you know, I got that, um, I, my, my fake fireplace in my house is from Key and Peel. And I just, I was like, I'm keeping this because the guys that did the work on it, it was so, it looks real. Yeah. And everybody that comes to my house thinks I got a real fireplace. I thought you had a real fireplace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, look, and that is, that's a behind the behind the scenes. Like those guys, the builders, the, the carpenters, the construction dudes that build those, that stuff, like they are, those guys could be working, you know, they could be working anywhere. They're, they're very talented and it's, it's skill. It's a skill set that I don't possess. So I'm always in awe of it. Like, wow, you built this, like you measured something three times and then you built this whole thing. Like what? Yeah. But, but there it's, it's amazing. And at the same time, I think people like that understand that what they're building has no real chance of having a really long lifespan. No, like, absolutely unless, not. Unless you could have gotten Patty's pub to the Smithsonian to be next to like Fonzie's jacket, Archie Bunker's chair, Dorothy's shoes, that kind of stuff. Like I believe that some of that stuff should be preserved in a museum. If only for a million years from now, people go, what is TV? Well, <laughs> you, know, you know, honestly, like people are going to, it's all going computer. It's all going monitors. It's all not no TV. We're cutting the cord. Like cable is going to be a thing of the past soon. It's like we're, we're moving forward. And, you know, after we're long gone, there's going to be a time. Like when we talk about how, like my dad listened to the Lone Ranger on the radio. Right. You know what I mean? Like he literally, when he first saw the Lone Ranger on TV was disappointed. He was like, this isn't, this isn't the guy I've been thinking about for five years. You know, oh, that's amazing. My little kid brain was picturing a, a, a superhero on a horse. You're showing me a regular man. What is this? Like he was disappointed. That's amazing. And, right, and rightly so, because he's been using his imagination. But now when we think about people just listening to the radio, we laugh. We're like, oh yeah, the Ovaltine cigarette hour or whatever. You're like, it, it, it's, it's comical, but people are going to laugh at us for, for investing so much and then they had the battle of the network stars ah. where all the people on the shows would get together and have a tug of war people can go what what the fuck <laughs> be confused and they're gonna mock it and laugh and, and and rightly so we all deserve to be laughed at it's ah. fine but like the farther out you go it's gonna be like tv is gonna be a museum style piece that people go and then we all gathered in living rooms to watch 90210 or whatever, you know. Well, isn't there, is it, I, and I've been to this in Chicago. Chicago has a museum of uh, television history, right? Have you, oh, did you ever go to it? I have not, no. Oh, it's amazing. You would love I, it. I'm sure, dude. <laughs> I'm sure. My whole life right there in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, I would definitely check that out. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, it's super cool. I wonder if, uh, what your, if your dad has stuff in there. What do you mean? Just because he was working in commercials and stuff back in the day in Chicago. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe there's like one of the, something he produced or something just like on a TV running on a loop. Like, Could be, and this yeah. This is an Ovaltine or a Chrysler ad or whatever, you know. 
Well, I'm sure they're probably looking for my little mini wholesome bread boy billboard. That uh, dude, what if you're in there and you don't even know it? Well, I was there. I would have seen myself. Don't you think? Can you imagine that? The, the Brian Irwin display. I'll just set up a little mini table, start signing autographs for people who aren't asking for them. Hey, hey, why'd you just write on my phone? I signed it. <laughs> I signed my. What the fuck, guy? <laughs> um. So you, uh, um, uh, uh, in conclusion, you said you were gonna, you had another show, uh, you had, a, you were gonna share a story. Do you remember the story you were gonna share before we started uh, oh, talking yeah. about? Oh well, yeah, I'm in San Francisco working with uh, Dan Cummins at the Punchline uh, Comedy Club up here, which is a great, a really fine club, and the staff is awesome. And uh, Dan sells merch at the end of the show, and the way they do it at this club, he's on, he stays on stage, and they bring up a table and put up a suitcase, and then people line up, come up on the stage, meet him buy something, take a picture. And then I have a little ta- a small table next to him where I'm selling my first CD and I'm trying to give out stickers for the podcast. I give a sticker to the podcast and then a uh, card about the, my death code web series to everybody who engages me at all. Like, Hey, you want a sticker? You want a thing? Podcast or a web series? I'm on. So I hand those out just to get you know eyes on it. And people are, Oh, you have a podcast too. They're very interested. They're very polite because Dan's fans are legitimately good human beings and they care about comedy. Um, but two things happened to me last night. This one girl, I go, yeah, you want a sticker? It's my podcast. And she starts studying the sticker, like really studying it. And she's like, who's this other guy? And I go, oh, that's my co-host. And this is what I, whenever anyone asks who you are in the picture, I go, that's my co-host, Brian. He's a uh, Brian Irwin. He's also a comedian, but he directs uh, films and, and he does a bunch of other stuff. And I like, I like give like a resume for you. And, and she was like, well, well, you don't need him. And I was like, have you listened to the podcast? And she's like, no, this is the first I'm hearing about it. And I go, okay, well, <laughs> give it a listen because we, it's a, it's a kind of a team effort, you know? And I love goes, the well, fact we, that she already hates me. Uh, well, it was so bizarre. And she goes, well, what do you need him for? I go, well, I mean, for starters, he's like the better interviewer. And also he does, he handles all the technical aspects of the show, which I know nothing about. She's like, oh, so you use him to post the show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we work as a team. And she's like, yeah, but you could do this on your own. Like she was giving me this pep talk. Like she was trying to get me on. Like I was having trouble branching out on my own. I was like, who are you? <laughs> it was so strange, dude. She stayed forever. I was like, okay, I like don't even want to have this conversation <laughs> anymore. I almost wanted to take the sticker back and go, never mind. That is amazing. <laughs> It was just so strange, her opinions. And she was, um, she's Russian. She wasn't, I don't think she'd been in the country her whole life. Oh, so you're blaming, you're blaming Russia for this. Um, no, I'm blaming Putin. Okay. But, I, I, <laughs> but it was just such a bizarre thing. And then another thing that happened to me, which I just want to be honest and upfront about, I have been doing a joke where I say, uh, it's a joke about um, uh, a, a, an article I read about a guy who worked for the Vatican and he got in trouble. It leads to a whole different thing about orgies. Now, um, the beginning of the joke, I talk about how I read the story and I almost said newspaper. And then I talk about how I don't have the patience to read a newspaper because I, if I went down, read the column, it doesn't matter how interesting it is. If no matter what it says at the end, like the talking turtle said his treasure was buried in the continued on page eight. No, nah, we'll never know. I'm not going to go to page eight. You know what I mean? Right. So that was like, that was the lead into the joke. A guy who saw my show last night emailed me today and he goes, Hey man, I want you to know, I think you're doing a Brian Regan joke. And I was like, what? And he goes, he sent me a clip and literally Regan and his, the epitome of hyperbole, uh, special 
is mm-hmm. one of the like two or three specials ago. Uh, he says that he goes, I was reading a news. I don't have patience to read a newspaper. And he does the whole thing continued on page 22. And I was like, Oh my God. And I've seen that special. So somewhere in the back of my head, I absorbed that joke. And as I was writing the other thing about the Pope and the Vatican and the orgies, uh, that, that part of it came in at the beginning. And I was like, I, I thank the guy. I was like, thank you very much. I cannot believe I've done that. This is the first time that's ever happened to me. I'm going to email Brian. I'm going to email, you know, I'm like, I, I, I was like, cause I recorded that and almost like it would have had this guy not said anything. He would have ended up on my next CD. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but well, like, you don't need to apologize to him if you're going to uh, Brian, because it's like, you. Well, it, it's like, it's like yeah. riffing on stage. If you, if you're not using it, yeah. Um, yeah. To benefit like financially from it. Like if you were just, if this is something you were working on and now you found out, Hey, you know what? Turns out you, you got this and he had this and you go, cool. Then I will change it. I mean, I get, yeah. I get, I get your honesty about it, but you know, look, yeah, man, well, it's just, it's also just, I, uh, that's one of the reasons I don't watch every single comedy special that comes out because I don't need to try to fight off absorbing other people's material. It's like, it's not even that John, here's the thing, you know, first off I've had my material stolen, as you know, I, I you know, I don't talk about it publicly cause it's people we all know, but, um, and I've confronted them and we, we've, you know, worked it out, whatever, moving on. But the, the thing about comedy and telling jokes, I mean, you have to look at it the same way you look at songwriting. Yeah, I mean, you know how many there's, songs cover the only, same topics, so topics. Yeah, over exactly. and over and over again, but yet yeah. we don't. But yet we really don't. The you know the 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 the, the, the people don't come out of the woodwork to attack people the same way they do with comedy. Now, I also am am glad that those people exist, that they're out there to call you out on it. And sometimes, he was, sometimes he wasn't attacking me. He was very no, 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 no. It. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. But your reaction is based on the fact that people do like when you're like i'm gonna go apologize i'm gonna do but because that's because that's what people do my thing is like this is an art form that we go up we create this platform we create these ideas we riff we try a bunch of stuff we have no idea half the time where some of this stuff is coming from our head and of course we're being influenced by a lot of different things and that includes that includes um uh, my my son keeps walking in with half shirts on that includes that's two things have happened during this this conversation. My son keeps walking in with half shirts to show me, and my dog is so stupid he keeps trying to walk through a glass door. All right, so, um, and he <laughs> At can't least it's qu- not the other way around. And he can't quit. <laughs> your son's trying to walk through a glass door. Your dog's wearing half shirts. <laughs> but anyway, my yeah. point is, it's not it's not everything is pure evil. Sometimes it no, happens. No. You find out about it, and yeah. you go, "All right, I'll I'll fix it." I've yeah, done the same no thing. We've all yeah. done it. We've all yeah. done something like that. And we go, all right. I mean, you have, you, and then you have to make a conscious choice of, I don't give a crap. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Or right. yeah, I did. <laughs> and I don't care or I'll yeah. change it. Yeah. No, I That's mean, all. I'm definitely dropping it. Yeah. And it's literally, it's just the front part of the joke. It's the lead in to a real joke. It's like, I just said it once and was like, Oh, that worked. And then kept doing it. And then I was like, oh, I guess that worked because it's already been done. Well, I, again, your next special is not going to be uh, newspapers. Am I right, you guys? That's not the title of it. And you're it like, was that. Gonna be, but I'm not the, you know, page eight. Are you crazy? That's me, you guys. I'm that guy. So, I mean, it's not like you're hanging your hat on that, you know? No, I get it. Well, uh, all right, man. This was a good, 
This is a good talk. Yeah, so here's what have we learned today? We've learned that we cannot go to Oakland and get anywhere near boats without getting shot. Okay, so well, careful. I mean, I did yesterday. I didn't get shot. Oh, okay, yet. Okay, so we're all right. That you're, you're not going to the Thank Winchester you. Mansion. You don't want to do the tiny stairs, so that's fine. I get no, it. I get no. it. And you're going to and uh, you're having some fun doing some stand up. And it turns out you don't need me for a podcast by a person who's never even heard the podcast or even knows who I am and already has predetermined that they hate me. And that just goes to show you how hard it is for me to get liked when I'm not even liked with, uh, they don't, you don't, I don't even know you yet. And they, I, that person said, I don't even know you, but I know one thing I don't like you. <laughs> and the picture is so small. The sticker is like a, they're two by two stickers. So it's like, you're, it, we're so small on it. And she was like studying it, like, who is this guy? Like, just upset. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird. I'm going to chalk that one up to uh, mental illness and say well, that. Uh, yeah, probably drunk too, you know. Same thing. Temporary mental yeah. illness. Temporary. Mental, mental alcoholism. Yeah, well, good stuff. Um, so how long, so you go from San Francisco to, to like, what's your journey? And then uh, how, when, when do you come um, back? We're driving back from San Francisco on Sunday, tomorrow, uh, and then on Monday I fly to Chicago, and I drive my mom's old Jeep out to New York so my brother and his wife and kid can have a second car, and then I take a bus from New York to Boston because I got shows with Dan Cummins at Laughs Comedy Club in Boston um, on uh, next weekend. So uh, May... Um, 9th through the 12th or something. 9th through the 11th. And then I fly home on the 12th and then I'm back for a while. And you are going to visit the Television History Museum in Chicago, hopefully. Where well, I've only got to get there one yeah. night. Well, yeah. then you're going to have to book it. You're going to have to figure out a way to make it happen. Okay. Well, I go back in September for a theater show with Dan, so I'll, I'll try to do it then. Well, there you go. See, you got it all You got it all figured out already. I'm going to Fenway for the first time. Yeah. I'm excited for that. That should be fun. Um, yeah, man. But... Uh, and you're gearing up for your pitch and your projects, and you're getting ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing people need to follow me on. I've given up on social media for the most part. Um, and so um, most of my stuff is just, I, right now, I'm, I'm knee-deep in writing and creating and getting ready to shoot more stuff. So, Yeah, okay. Nothing exciting. Well, I'm useless. I mean, you're not going to be using me much longer anyway. So let's no, I don't need you. I have a Russian girl that likes me now. That's right, okay. And I think everybody, just so you know, as we're leaving, I think John is going to the bathroom, so... I'm sorry, I had to pee so bad. Ah, I was right. You can always, people always try to pretend like you, that, that you, when, and everybody should know this. And this is a perfect example. If you, you might as well just tell them where you are because you can tell immediately when someone walks into the bathroom when they're on their cell phone. What I was like, no, I'm in a lunchroom. With yeah, little- <laughs> in a lunchroom. <laughs> All right, close this out, uh, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, uh, We'll, uh, we'll, no, I'm out of bathroom, can you tell? Uh, yes. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have this show up and, uh, people will be, uh, enjoying it. Again, RIP Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca. Um, that's all I got, man. You know, you just told people that you're going to put this show up, which means they're listening to it. They realize the show is up. Yeah, I know. I okay. don't know why. I'm, I think I was just explaining it to myself. I think you got confused with the whole bathroom thing, but it's totally fine. All right, fart us out. All right. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe.